Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, L-I-F-E dot com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I am so excited for another day and this amazing interaction that I'm about to have with my guest today, Amy Dean. So let me tell you a little bit about Amy and then I am ecstatic about getting into today's content. So Amy is a licensed holistic therapist, an ascension coach, a healer, and a mindfulness teacher. And she helps others on their journey to helping to heal their inner wounds, which is something that we all have in different ways and i think it's important for us to address that and the goal really once she helps them do that is so that they can live their expansive and most joyful lives possible and she's gone through her own journey of awakening and so i would love to be able to start there amy what tell us about you and your journey and what led you into this space Yes, it's an excellent question. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, just it's always a little hard to start off because I realize that on some level, I've grown up, you know, very, you know, empathic, very highly sensitive. And so I've always been really connected to spirituality and, and figuring out what that means for me, although it's shifted, of course, over the years. But I grew up in a mostly Christian home. And, you know, was told I need to go to church. I need to get confirmed in the Lutheran church and was told I had to, you know, take this next step for myself to understand who I really was. And it fit for me for a little while. And then as I grew, you know, grew up, I realized it wasn't quite for me anymore. My mom wasn't so happy about that. But over time, she has definitely turned around. And I discovered through that what was kind of calling to me, I'll say. My soul was calling to me. It was in my late teens. And I was feeling really, really just down around a relationship that had ended. And a lot of shifts were happening in my life. And I thought, you know what? I just want to explore something more deeply. I want to understand who I am more deeply. And, you know, the religion I was, you know, I was brought up in is not giving that to me right now. I wasn't feeling like I was truly being understood and seen in the way that I'd wanted to. And so I just, I went on a little inner journey, so to speak, and I tried meditation. I was kind of dabbling in a few things here and there. 
right? And trying to figure out what does this all mean and what's happening for me. And as I opened my mind at first, I was a little scared, right? Because here I am trying yoga and meditation and it was little off-centering for me at first. You know, I knew this was right for me, but I knew that other people in my life wouldn't understand, right? Especially my mom and some friends and, you know, and there was a huge, huge shift. So from there, everything just took hold. And I had this incredible awakening experience as, you know, a few years into my journey. And what happened was not, you know, necessarily blissful at first because I had a lot of trauma that I had to deal with. And so, for example, I had some medical, you know, concerns and some chronic problems that I was dealing with and ended up in the hospital for a couple weeks. I was unable to um, get down food. I was unable to eat anything, you know, other than liquid at that point. And it was weeks and weeks and weeks that I was in the hospital. They didn't know what was wrong. And there was a lot of inflammation. And I thought I might die. I was terrified. I thought I might die. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what to think. I was just so afraid at that point. And I thought, you know what, I got to, you know, try to keep it together, try to, you know, build this resilience from here. And I thought this is, you know, I'm going to look back on this one day and I'm going to grow from this. So I stood strong in that. And I said, I'm going to keep going. And through that, you know, I, it, it was a very long recovery process for me. I lost a lot of weight and, you know, a good, almost 20 pounds in the hospital. And, you know, I've also been a smaller person. So that was not a good thing for me. And as time went on, I realized I needed to take better care of myself. So I changed my diet entirely. I, you know, sought out, you know, a therapist. I sought out a coach. I sought out people that could help me get back on track. And from there, you know, I, I said to myself um, one day, this was actually when I was in the hospital, I said, I just can't take anymore. I said, I just can't handle anymore. And I caught myself in that moment. It was this kind of moment of discovery of, wait a second. No, that's not true. That's actually not true. I can handle so much more and I'm strong enough to get through this. And it, it took a moment, you know, to really get to that place. But I did and I moved through it. And what I discovered through this, you know, and this was actually a time where my dad had passed away suddenly in a couple year period, right? I had this chronic medical issue. I lost my dad, who was also my best friend. And I had this, you know, real like truth coming experience of what is happening inside me. What is, you know, what do I need to un uncover? What do I need to understand about who I am? And at first it was very painful. I had to sit with some really hard stuff. I had to sit with my own inner child wounds and my fears of loss and death and grief. And from there I started having, oh my gosh, these incredible, I, I don't even know how to describe them on some level, these incredible experiences where I felt bliss out of nowhere. I started feeling unified with everyone around me. I would just be sitting in a coffee shop, you know, listening to the music and sipping on tea. And all of a sudden just feel like tears were coming to my eyes, like of joy, and not knowing where they were coming from and not caring what other people thought in that moment. And it was just an incredible experience of knowing we're all one. And I just felt it. And I had to sit with the pain first, right? I had to go through this dark night of the soul, so to speak, right? With my with my losses, my loss of my identity through the medical traumas I went through and the loss of my dad, you know, in just a couple year time frame. So it was it was a lot to sit with. But what came from it was joy. It was like that was 
underneath the surface the whole time. And I just had to take this, um, I, I just had to be brave, really, be courageous to go inward to discover that was already there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Going inward yes. is such a process. It is. It's, what, it's, just, it's, you know, the funny thing about just saying that out loud yeah. is like, we think the outside world, I'm looking like at the window as if everybody can see what I'm looking at. We think the outside world is scary. Right. Going in is scary. Yeah. There's a lot going on in there. Yes. Oh my and gosh. And so, yes. One of the observations I have that I want to ask you about mm -hmm. is I believe that everybody has had different traumas. Maybe the degree of those traumas yeah. is a little bit different. You know, exactly. some, some are big, maybe small, but through childhood, mm -hmm. maybe there's things that we've seen, things that we've experienced that have affected yeah. us in a particular way. And we've been hurt or we've been felt damaged or broken mm -hmm. or maybe even yeah. less than. Yes. You know, because of circumstances that are in our environment. Mm -hmm. Then I see sometimes yeah. the behavior of, I'm just going to forget about that. I need to talk about it. It's fine. I'm going to move on. It's, you know, I'm good. This is where I am now. Yes. But when I've seen, and, and I'm thinking of it recently because of a friend just, I had this conversation with a friend yesterday. Mm -hmm. When that approach is taken, right. all of those pasts manifest themselves forward mm -hmm. in a way that, that there's a blockage. Because the channel has not been, that canal of healing hasn't, you know, quite progressed. Um, it's clear that there's, there's work to be done, some of that inner exploration. Yes. So what, you know, what do you suggest when someone is at that mm -hmm. point when they are at a avoidance? I mean, I guess you could say we're... <laughs> It's there. It's not that yeah. they're in denial that these things are there, but yeah. they're avoiding addressing them. Yeah. Like how do they start to become vulnerable enough to acknowledge mm -hmm. them and then to decide how to begin exploring mm -hmm. them so they can heal? Oh my gosh, such a great question. And honestly, you know, this is something that I really feel very, you know, close to as I think about this, because as a therapist and as a coach, this is what I see every day. You know, I see avoidance and, and I also see it as a positive thing in some ways. So I'll, I'll kind of go into what that, what that looks like. And then of course, a little deeper into how to work through it. But avoidance is really, it's just our protective mechanisms, you know, it's our defensive mechanisms coming up. And when you've been through trauma, small trauma or big trauma, you're going to have protective mechanisms. And it's really important you have them because on some level, right, life has been kind of moving through this or kind of throwing curveballs at you, so to speak, right? And having you reset your nervous system, you're trying to get back on track. So of course you're going to avoid things because your window of tolerance is low. And there's not much you're going to be able to take in at that moment without, you know, offsetting your nervous system in a way that might feel damaging, you know, for many people. So there's that. And I, I think on a very, very important level, it's so it's just necessary to say, OK, 
it's okay you have these defenses because I think there's shame first, right? About someone who is avoiding and they know they're avoiding, right? And they're very clear about their avoidance, but they are so afraid of going inward as you had mentioned, right? Because it is a journey and it is difficult and therefore there's shame often. There's guilt around, wait a second, if I do this, I'm going to hurt, but now I feel bad about not being able to do this. So I think the first step truly is compassion right? Compassion for ourselves and giving ourselves grace in the moment, right? Because if we can't give ourselves grace in the moment, or at least, you know, seek a professional who can give us that grace if we're unable to do so for ourselves just yet, that's so important because we cannot heal. We can't go from avoidance, right? To open, you know, open-hearted discovery. There's a, there's definitely some steps in between, right? And so a lot of the work I do is really holding the space, for clients to be in what they're in. So if they're in an avoidance state, then we move towards compassion around being in an, in an avoidance state, right? If that makes sense. And it's okay for that to be the case. And so there isn't a pressure, there isn't a, a push, right? To make things happen. It's more of a gentle guidance towards this is what life could look like if we move in this direction, but let's take it slow, right? So it's not so offsetting for your nervous system and too much for you to handle so that your body totally shuts down, right? At some point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a process, but it's all about mm -hmm. meeting the person where they're at, right? And we have to meet ourselves where we're at first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I, and that's why I love that word awakening yes. because it's almost like with each step, that's the feeling that you get is you're a little bit more awake to your, to yourself, yeah. what you're feeling, and then getting to a place where you're actually mm -hmm. ready to talk about what you're feeling Yeah, because it takes a while to process things. Mm -hmm. Right. And in, in a way that you yeah. feel under, you understand yourself, let alone thinking, okay, now I'm going to try to help have someone else understand me <laughs> too. <laughs> That's a challenge. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I think is like a, um, I don't, I don't know if I would say denial, but it's almost mm -hmm. like maybe a little bit of disbelief mm -hmm. of some things that you've gone through and having mm -hmm. to get to a place of acceptance. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. Part of it, right? Yeah. Um, because I think that there is this thing that happens where um, between resistance and acceptance, because sometimes we resist the things that we, we just don't want or wish didn't happen, but it isn't until you get to acceptance that you can make peace and then make sense of, you know, what it yeah. is that you're wanting to do from here. Yes. It's, but it's but the, the timing of that. It's not overnight where you're like, okay, great. I'm, I've processed through that. Yes. Oh my I'm gosh. Now. <laughs> That's such a good point, quite honestly. And, you know, I will tell you, I do have clients. They'll come to me and they'll say, all right, I'm tired of this. Right. So on one hand, you know, I do a lot of um, work with clients where we uncover their subpersonalities, which is understanding that we are, we have fragmentation, right. As a result of our trauma. And therefore, and not just because of trauma, we all have fragmentation, right. There's a part of us that feels one way, a part of us that feels another way right? Which makes it hard to make decisions sometimes or to be in the world in the way that we want to as, you know, as connected to our highest self. And so mm -hmm. these parts of us are, well, they're guides on the journey. 
to help us understand what needs to be healed, right? So these different parts of my clients will come to session and I'll have one client say, oh, I'm ready. Let's do this. Like I'm, I'm ready to do this. And another part is 100% in avoidance about it. And this is why they've been stuck right up until this point. And I can understand their frustration. And then another part of them would come up and say, well, I want to feel better already. And then that part of them that wants to feel better is actually keeping them stuck in the not feeling better, if that makes sense. Right. And I know it can be like layers of just peeling back and peeling back. And so, you know, the recipe for that really is just to be present Right. And that's what I do. I'm present with my clients. I make space for whatever's arising and then just reminding them of their power right through this, because often it can feel like these parts are taking over. Right. And we're stuck and we have no sense of what we're supposed to be doing or how we're supposed to be moving forward. And my clients can get stuck in their stuckness, if that makes sense. Right. I know we all can get stuck in our stuckness sometimes. Right. Oh. It's like I'm so stuck. And then we just keep repeating. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right? About it. Oh. It's like feeling stuck is tiring. Oh my gosh. Then after you take a nap, it's still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're there still. I thought when I woke up you would decide to do something else, but you're you're there. I guess I have to deal with you. Yeah, you know? exactly. Nothing will make it go away, right? In that way, not a movie, not, you know, just going for a walk. It's yeah, I know it's it's really challenging. Yeah. So that, you know, that brings me to one of my next questions, which is what are examples of things that we can do to transcend mm -hmm. our negative thoughts and create some patterns that help us to explore our feelings and, you know, mm -hmm what we need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there is, so I want to share a couple things. One is that there's a process that I use typically with clients. It's something that I've discovered over time. It's been really helpful. It's very simple. But before I go into this, it's like a three-step process here. The first thing to note is that when we are awakening spiritually, right, which is really, you know, quite honestly, just coming back home to ourselves, it's already who we are. Right. It's not this big event necessarily that that has to take place in our lives. Right. So there's that piece I want to mention. And then to get there, to awaken spiritually, to heal our trauma, which is all the same thing. Right. Awakening spiritually, we are healing our trauma. And from there, that's when we're able to get in touch with the truth of who we really are deep down. So when I look at the steps and the first thing to do is self-awareness first and foremost is self-awareness because right we and, and again this is coming back to what you had mentioned earlier right i know i'm in avoidance i don't want to go there this feels uncomfortable so i'm going to do something else instead or i'm going to plan social media or i'm going to call a friend and talk about something that happened yesterday and just whatever it is right to get rid of what is happening so that's just, you know, the first thing to note is we have to come back to self-awareness. We have to name it, right? We have to be honest with ourselves first and foremost. If not anybody else, we have to be honest first, right, with ourselves. And that is that we're avoiding. That's the first step towards healing, right, is to say that's what's been happening, right? Or if there's this framework for it, we can say there's a part of me that's been in avoidance and there's a part of me that doesn't want to avoid anymore, Right. So we get a really clear sense of our inner worlds. Right. And what's really happening in there. And then from there, it's about tracking our patterns. Right. And tracking and noticing what's coming up. Yes. 
in a very important way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. This is the now there's the data to back everything up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh no, people could see this, right? Or yeah, this is coming down to this sense of yeah, vulnerability. Now we're bringing in vulnerability, right? And saying I'm going to be vulnerable with myself and and see what that feels like. And the the worst thing that could happen, right, is that it it activates our inner child wounds of shame. Right, which is the which is the worst thing that could happen, right? And so we have to acknowledge that that could arise as we're doing this tracking and as we're opening to that, which is why having somebody on our side, whether it's a really trusted friend or a therapist or a coach or somebody, right, that really connects with us is so important. Because we need a witness for our journey, right? A witness to say, it's okay, you know, it's okay to go through what you're going through right now. And I love you anyway through it. Right. So that's the big challenge. Yeah. Having a witness. I just think that. Yeah. I, I know from what I've seen in clients, I know from what I see in myself mm -hmm. is that first you bear witness to yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yes. This is, yeah. this is my life. Mm -hmm. This is real. Yeah. This is who I am. This is what I've been through. Yes. And then you have that <laughs> person who's listening to you and telling you, right. that's okay. Yes. That's okay exactly. that you went through them. Yeah. Oh. You are. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> that experience alone is yeah. so powerful. It is. And you know what? That can just crush shame in that moment, right? I mean, it crushes it right there. And and that inner critic, right, that's within us, that part shows up, right, typically when we're just doing this on our own. And we're like, okay, I'm in avoidance. I'm going to track what's happening. I'm going to track my thoughts, maybe my behaviors and track what's coming up for me. And yet, right, that inner critic might be really loud in your mind, Right. The one saying, what's wrong with you? Or why are you acting this way? Or you should know better. Or, you know, those types of things. And having that person or having somebody or, or a community of people to say, you know what? You're not alone in this. Actually, I feel that way sometimes too. But I know that there's nothing wrong with you and I love you anyway, kind of thing. Right. And that's so important. That yeah. in itself can be healing for trauma and healing for, for our inner child wounds, right? Just to be seen because that's what yeah. we get typically, right? Is when we were younger is to be seen in the way that we deserve to be seen, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, which is a challenge as human beings because of all of our fragmentation, right? That, that we yeah. tend to grapple with. Oh, that's true. What do you see as ways that people track? So first they have the, you know, the awareness. Yes. And then the tracking piece, what does that look like? Yeah. So what that typically looks like first and foremost is to get a sense of naming, right? What's coming up. So for example, I'm in avoidance or there's a part of me that's in avoidance or there's a part of me that's scared right now to go inward and do this work. So self-awareness is really just simply sitting with whatever's arising and having the courage right, to be honest with yourself in the moment. Now, mindfulness mm -hmm. meditation can be an excellent way of, of building more self-awareness. 
So for people who say I'm stuck and I don't know why, and I don't know what's happening, then mindfulness meditation can bring to light more of the understanding, right? Of what the body's telling you, what your mind is telling you and why things are not in integration right at that point. So that could be great just to sit with it and to, to meditate on it and to say what is causing my stuckness and just maybe sit in a mindfulness practice and allow whatever is to arise. Now, again, right, this just takes some level of courage and an openness, right, to go inward. But you could sit for two minutes, three minutes, right, just to allow whatever is to be there. And then from there, you know, I do have a spiritual awakening guidebook. And in this, you know, complimentary download, which, you know, later, you know, I can also provide that link. This, um, this download is great because it has a journal. And in this journal, you're able to track what's coming up and what are these mental emotional patterns are already laid out for you so you don't have to think them up and just check them off as you're going through the day. And then at the very end of each day, giving yourself this, you know, just unconditional compassion for what arose within you because we can easily berate ourselves, right? If we're not careful and we're not, you know, coming back home to this understanding that we're doing the best we can, right, in any given moment. Yeah. And it's interesting how, okay, like go back to childhood learning, right? Like, yeah. or, or any, especially adult learning too. Yeah. You have to go through this process of hearing something, yep. seeing it, yep. then yep. doing it. Mm -hmm. It's how we learn. So I love what you're describing because mm -hmm. I do think it's one step to sit and reflect and recognize mm -hmm. and think and pause. Yeah. And then it's another step to actually write mm -hmm. and be able to see that back. And I think the power of data is that let's say you do this for a week. Mm -hmm. This is an example, hypothetically. <laughs> yes. You're starting to write this down mm -hmm. and you're, you know, day one through se seven and you actually at the end of that week, have a reflection process where you see the yeah. patterns. Wow. Yeah. You know, these are, I see that over the course of these seven days, this thing came up yeah. five times or seven or something, you know, I mean, yeah. whatever that looks like. But I do think there's power in that because until you understand mm -hmm. your behaviors and your patterns, can you then determine is there something that you want to do to address them, to yes. do some other action after you understand even mm -hmm. more closely what you're experiencing? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so right on point. And so without that, we don't know, right? We don't always know how to even move forward, right? I, I'll, I'll hear people say when they come to work with me, they'll say, I don't even know where to start. I have no idea where to start right now because there's so many things that are going on. And so from there, yes, I will give them a lot of tools to start tracking. And these are the kinds of tools I give them, which is to sit down, right? And to have your right. I love the idea of the data, right? You have the data, you can look back on it. You have a way of knowing, right? What is changing and what's not changing. And there are things that, you know, the things that aren't changing, what are some of those obstacles? It gives you room to explore what may not have been working up until now. So it can be a very, very important process for spiritual awakening, but even just for healing our wounding and understanding, right? What's coming up for us. And I realize I, I mentioned there's a three-step process too, 
right? Yes. For, for working through this. So I want to make sure that I, you know, make that a point. So what that looks like, you know, and it, so maybe we'll I'll pull this all together as you're, as you're exploring, as you're discovering what's coming up for you, you're naming it, right? You're, you're moving into it, maybe just a little bit at a time, right? You have people who can witness this with you, maybe that way you don't feel alone on the journey. You're tracking everything. You're making notes as you go along. And it doesn't have to take a long time, by the way, right? It could take 10, 15 minutes a day. I know we're all super busy. And so I know that can be a really- People are like, how long does this take? What What are we doing? How long things out? <laughs> exactly. It's like, is this going to take me a few hours? Because I am out, yeah. right? I know. I can't. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Exactly. Right. So this is, yeah, it has to be easy. If it's not easy, we are going to avoid that too. Right. That's just how our minds work as human beings. We are complex. <laughs> yes, exactly. When we're overwhelmed, what do we do? We are done. Right. We are just, that's it. Shut the door kind of thing. So with this, it's all about just a few minutes a day, right? Five to 10 minutes. You know, I would say anywhere, if you have time, 20 to 30 minutes a day, if that's possible, but just do what you can, you know, just to write down what's coming up. And like I said, in that, um, in my spiritual awakening guidebook, the journal's already there to do this work. So that's, you know, an opportunity, but also, you know, with, um, with this process, I want to go into these next steps as you're tracking, as your self-aware awareness is growing around your patterning, what's happening for you, there are going to be triggers. There's already triggers, right. That are showing up emotional triggers of, you know, other people in your life and work situations or whatnot. And so, you know, it's important to have a process to work through these triggers while you're tracking and even before you're tracking. So I want to give that if you're up for it and we can practice it together if that works for you and just see, you know, how that feels. My gosh. Yeah. Yes. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just so important yes. because I think these triggers happen and we're like, no, it's happening. I can't. <laughs> I just, I'm going to walk away now. <laughs> exactly. I know. This is great. This is the theme of avoidance, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so easy to walk I mean, away. The thing, like you said, it's not that yeah. it's bad because no. you know what? Maybe sometimes walking away is the thing. Yes. At that time, because that is the tool that you have. Right. And it just, you know, yes, it's allows necessary. you to, to take some time. But I think what we're trying to, to say here is that's not the only tool that exactly. you have. Right. Yes. Like when you have a process or you can tap into these, these things, these tools, right. you can start to expand yes. how you address these triggers. Exactly. <laughs> That's perfectly said. That is it. Exactly. You know, it's like we we have coping mechanisms, right? And now we want to just kind of turn them into coping skills, so to speak, right? And just kind of turn it oh. around a little bit. Yeah. Like school, right? They say, okay, we've taught you everything. You've been here these years. Now go forth and apply this skill, right? Isn't that what they teach us? In they do. Like, like you word. Why? <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's what it's like. Yes. Because, you know, if the if the coping mechanisms were working, right, people wouldn't seek help, right? They're like, okay, they're working, but they're not working, right? They're kind of working, but they're also not kind of working, right? Because maybe on one level, it's still causing strain in a relationship, right? Or on some level, there's still a lot of emotional pain coming up as a result of not being able to go inward, right? And really feel what's what's arising because it's too painful, 
right, to go there. And so with coping skills, you know, and, and this process that I've, I've developed, it's called Pathway Back to Love. And it's very easy. Anybody can do it. And it really just helps you get in touch with your highest self, right, your core self, so to speak. I and want that all the time, Amy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to be on the path of love with myself all the time. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the goal. That, you know, yes. Right? I mean, do, I mean yes. maybe I'm just saying it out loud, but I have this feeling that people are secretly saying that. <laughs> You're not alone in this. I think this is honestly, this is the heart of spiritual awakening, which is to be in love, right? Which is to be seated as our true self. And it sounds almost a little like hard to actually reach. And I know on some level, right? To be in love, you know, in the state of love, to be unconditionally loving and compassionate with ourselves and others. But it's already who we are. And the other stuff, you know, the other parts of us are just kind of like, shadowed clouds right over the sky of who we are it's not real it's just temporary and we're just working through it right one step at a time so that's what it looks like you know it doesn't have to be this big event and i feel like with spiritual awakening we tend to think of it as like oh enlightenment is so hard to yeah to and then i walk through yeah. the cloud in this forest then there was an elixir and I took it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the dream state. It's exactly. really, you know, what I'm hearing from you is yeah. once you have awareness, it's an ongoing process over time that allows you to embrace who you are and therefore show up in the world with more love and compassion towards others. Yes, that is it. Yes, 100%. I'm actually writing a book on this right now, which is, you know, really around this concept of imperfect awakening. You know, it's time to step into this knowing that it's already within us. It's here and we just have to align with it. That's it. Right. We don't have to become perfect human beings because that's impossible and not at all necessary, you know, for the awakening journey. And I find that as we're awakening, we're actually becoming more fully human. That's my experience through this. You know, we're discovering more about what really lies at the heart of things for us. Right. We're not running away from it. We're just with it. Right. And that's the difference. I love that you're doing yeah. this book. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, that's just so exciting. <laughs> what that does bring me to, because one of the yeah. things you talked about mm -hmm. is giving um, the listeners this complimentary workbook. Yes. So yes, I would love for you to talk about that because now people, people have gotten to this point in our yeah. conversation and they're going, okay, what you guys are saying sounds great. And you're talking <laughs> about this tracking. You're talking like, yeah, I can't this on my own out of nowhere <laughs> like what are you talking about what so is this help, right oh yes absolutely it's going to make a huge huge impact in the journey that's a great point and you know i'll just you know go over a few tidbits about that pathway back to love process because it's not in the guidebook and then i'll talk a little bit more about what is in the guidebook what is sure. yes what is that like and what is uh, and how can you use this for your awakening so the first thing to know just about you know as we're looking at Number one, right, spiritual awakening. So first first thing to note, right, before we even dive any further into it is that it's attainable, right? Just to keep noting that and keep coming back to that because if we don't think of it that way, we're going to get stuck in our wounding, right, and get trapped in that. And so as we're looking at this first step, when we go inward for this pathway back to love process, it's about acknowledging. So again, right, acknowledging what's coming up for me 
And then you're inviting a, it's almost like a beautiful white light to come into your body. And you can breathe in that light. You can allow the light to come in through the your top of your head, whatever works, but you're allowing yourself to be filled with light because it gets you out of the mind and it helps you tap into your body and it helps you to remind yourself that you are light. You are love, right? No matter what's happening in that moment. So whatever triggers coming up, that's the first thing, right? Breathing, of course, and bringing in the light and this kind of acknowledgement. It's all happening at once, so to speak, right? In this first step, bringing in the light, coming inward and just feeling, right? What's arising with light, of course, to help. Yes. And then step two here, which is very easy, is just to place your hand over your heart only if it feels safe, of course, to do so. Right. And to close your eyes. And from here, you're just feeling the emotions as they're arising. And you're just saying to yourself, this is only a wave in the ocean of who I am. Yeah. You're just feeling that out and you're just letting your body just, you know, allow the emotion to come, whether it's grief or anger or whatever it is, right? It could even be joy, right? Arising in that moment. We're just acknowledging, right? This is only a wave in the ocean of who I am. And then this next step is compassion for ourselves around what we're feeling. So let's just say it's grief, right? I know it's, you know, around the holidays and this can be coming up for a lot of people. And so you might even say, you know, with your hand over your heart, I choose to love myself through this. Right? I choose to love myself through this. And that is just an easy three-step process, right? Bringing in the light, breathing with the light. Second step, this is only a wave in the ocean of who I am. And the third step, right? I choose to love myself through this. Right? And that's it. And from there, we can shift our triggers. We can shift the way we're feeling in the moment. And it only took maybe a minute, right? Or maybe a couple minutes. I'm not sure, but yeah. So that's it. That's the pathway back to love process. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) But it's amazing how when you're, when you're in that process, yeah. How, when you're so present and I do think that so much of life Mm -hmm. in this fast paced, busy, multitasking, multi-dimensional, overly sensitized world. And there's probably yes. 15 other descriptors I could have used that are like synonyms for everything I just said. Yep. We don't create these moments with ourselves. No. no. Where we can You know, I find, I don't know if anybody listening right now can relate to this, but I find the this moment that you've described Mm-hmm. that the only times in my days where I feel like I create that is when I'm taking a shower because yeah. yeah, phones, technologies, the computers, the doorbell, like, I don't know, all the things when I'm like sitting at my desk um, or just anywhere where distractions, even in your best attempts to be focused and block time and do the calendar and all of this, there's still just distractions going on that it's, we have to find that place. Maybe it's nature. Maybe it's outside. Maybe it's, you know, get, getting away from all the possible things for me. I feel like sometimes (laughs) 10 minutes of my life or 15, if I'm lucky 
or if it's a yeah. bath, it's longer, <laughs> then <laughs> you yeah. actually can say something to yourself and feel what yeah. you're feeling and address it and embrace it. Yes, absolutely. That's it. You're right. And you know what? You are... I would think most people, right, in this situation, you're just like everyone else, right? I know I find myself there some days too, right? It's like you just, the day goes by and there's just no time, right? And I've developed this this way of just bringing quiet time to not quiet time, if that makes sense, right? So when there is a lot of chaos going on or a lot of changes happening, I just allow that to be and I allow whatever I'm feeling to be. And I just sit with that, even if it's just a moment or two from there. And then the next moment, right, I'm more present and I'm more alive within myself, even if nothing else changed around me, right? There's still loud noises, there's still things happening. I travel often, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, things to, to plan and to think about and to make happen. And so there's that element too, right? There's so many things that are happening in our lives. And, and I think a mistake sometimes we can get into is to think that our mindful practice too needs to be quiet, that we need to be in a quiet, safe, kind of sterile place where we can just be. Yes, that's absolutely necessary, you know, for parts of our journey. However, life isn't always going to give you that. Someone's going to knock on the door, right? Life is not quiet. People. No. It's not quiet. <laughs> it is not quiet. And your mindfulness practice might, you might have those great days, you know, where everyone leaves you alone for a good 15 minutes and you just have that space to yourself. But I imagine if you're a parent, right? If you're a business owner, if you're working hard, oh my gosh, you are not going to have the time necessarily, right, to yourself in this way. And so I think it's so important for us to embrace the chaos that we that we have in our environment and to choose stillness within ourselves regardless. If that makes sense. Oh my gosh, you're yes. right. Because I've seen yeah. and have done at times, let's say you're working in a coffee shop. Yeah. Because just this whole thing of being alone yeah. is just not, you're not feeling it today. <laughs> exactly. So you go yeah. and you're socially distanced, obviously. You're yeah. doing all the protocols <laughs> with your <laughs> mask when you need to. Yeah. And so, yes, there are other people around you. There's things going on around you. There's noise, oh, there's yeah. activity. But <clears throat> I've seen and had moments where mm -hmm. I'll just take 60 seconds and just breathe That's and it. close my eyes. And yeah, there's all this stuff going on around. <laughs> but it is stillness. You're choosing yeah. stillness. Yeah. In the midst of chaos and busyness, you're choosing Everything. stillness to take that minute. It's kind of like when my Apple watch tells me to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I mean, <laughs> the choice of doing it, and then there's the reminder to do it. Yeah. Um, which I do yeah. love the encouragement because if you're going to oh, have technology, yeah. at least let yeah. it encourage you to take time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let it be good technology, right? Exactly. Like to remind you to meditate and whatnot. I know I use, um, I use my Fitbit and I just set little alarms for myself throughout the day. And I will just, yeah. you know, no matter what time it is, I'll just, you know, I'll stop what I'm doing as long as it's not an emergency, right? Of course. But, you know, I'll stop what I'm doing and I will use that moment as a mindful moment, right? As you mentioned, right? You take that deep breath or you get settled within your system. And I think those are actually the best moments to bring mindfulness is when you hear your mind say, I don't have time for it. 
or I'm too busy right now, right? When you, when you get that sense or this, there's a pull in another direction, right? Within your mind or within your body, that's actually the best time to meditate because that's real life. That's practice, right? And that's when we grow the most, not when we're sitting on a meditation cushion, you know, and just, you know, having all this beautiful spaciousness and quiet around us. And I mean, that's a, a real treat. And I think it's important, you know, to have that at some point too. But let's be real, right? Life is not that way. And if we're going to practice, we might as well practice in our everyday lives, right? And as, and as best as we can, instead of waiting for things to change so that we can finally yeah. get mindful. Right? Yeah, because I, I, I think that's too, that, that feels for many like too much to ask. Like, okay, I don't have time to walk to the forest and find a lake and sit by a tree. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> kind of this whole picturesque thing yeah. where maybe at a retreat or once or twice uh -huh. a year, it feels that, yes. you know, yes. picture. but I think the day to day. Exactly. Finding moments. That's moments. it. That's it. Exactly. Yes. Because over time, you know, as you start to feel better through this, right. And whether, and whether better is just feeling like you have a deeper connection with yourself, right. Or better means, cause better doesn't always mean symptom relief, right. Or that we stop feeling what we're feeling. And I think we get caught in that sometimes too, but better might be something like I have a better understanding of myself now that I just sat with this meditation. Right. And as we improve in that way, right. As we grow in that way, then it doesn't become a chore anymore. You know, it's, it's becomes even better than brushing your teeth, which you have to do every day, right. Or taking a shower and all these things that we just do on autopilot and meditation becomes, yeah, more than just autopilot. It becomes like a desire, right. Something you want to do. I know, you know, I start every day with meditation. I don't know what some days, of course, you know, things happen and I can't, but when I get up in the morning, it's the first thing I do. I just, I know life is going to take me over and I need to do at least a 20 minute meditation to ground out and feel ready for the day. And that's what I do every day. And I've tracked, talk about tracking, right? I've tracked how things have worked and realized I am just more aligned with my higher self when I take that time. And I know that the- What, is, what yeah. does your 20 minutes look like? Do you, is there a place that you go yeah. to do that and you feel yeah. the yeah. best set? What does that look like? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. So I don't have a dedicated room. I think I'm a good example of somebody that doesn't have a dedicated space necessarily. You know, I've got, mm -hmm. you know, dogs and we live in a really small space. So it's, you know, we don't have this opportunity or I don't have an opportunity to go into another room necessarily. So I have this, I have the same place I meditate. It's like a, a couch area, you know, within a, a side of a, of a room and my pets are still nearby. I still have a lot of things going on in the room and yeah. I just close my eyes and I sit in silence and I set little timers sometimes too, just to remind mm -hmm. me to stay present. And sometimes, you know, I'll do a, a guided meditation too, if I feel I need it that day. But for the most part, I just listen to the sounds in the room. I feel the sense of spaciousness around me as I'm sitting. And if my dogs start to bark or if they start making whining noises, which they do sometimes, or, you know, if things are, I hear things in the background or if something, you know, my body's telling me I'm hungry because it's first thing in the morning, I'm just paying attention to whatever's coming up and I'm just feeling it. And if I notice, you know, my dog in the background making a noise and there's a part of me that says, well, I want it to be quiet right now. I notice that. I notice there's a part of me that wants things to be quiet so I can meditate. And so that's coming back home for me. 
you know, to really feel it out and notice um, none of these thoughts, um, none of these emotions, they can help me, you know, guide me through my day, but they're not who I am. That is so important. And then I feel more resilient as I go throughout the day. I feel like I'm seated within my true self. Right. And so that is so important. And that's another way of using your environment, right, is your meditation. You know, that that can make a big difference. That's huge. Yes. Man, can you imagine trying that? And even like, well, Amy, you've been doing this for a while. So okay. 20 minutes might sound like an eternity yeah. for someone. It's yeah. like, I can't even sit still with myself for four seconds. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it is trying yeah. trying something for three mm -hmm. minutes. That's it. At first, at first, right? Because yeah. I feel maybe that there's a little bit of a buildup that that's right. needed to feel to feel comfortable oh, sitting so with important. your thoughts and feelings for a little bit longer of a time. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be incremental too. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I would say you have to trust yourself through this process, right? Because you don't want to push it, especially if you've been through trauma. And so starting off, you know, with even a three-minute meditation is something that's so valuable. Oh my goodness, it can make such a big impact in how you feel. And then moving up, maybe the next week it's a five minute meditation. Maybe the next week it's seven and the next week it's 10. And you know, research shows that 15 to 20 minutes of meditation a day you know, can make a huge impact in our mood and how we feel as a whole in our body and you know, improve our relationships and help us to feel more in tune right? And of course, more grounded, more resilient. So it doesn't have to be very long. And I know 15 to 20 minutes, you're right, it, it does sound like an eternity when you're starting out, but eventually it gets a lot easier. And I'll be mm -hmm. honest, some days 20 minutes is hard because there's, my mind's telling me there's so much to do, or I have, you know, I have to focus on things and my mind will say, oh, no, no, we don't have time for that, right? We have way too much. Well, it's crazy, time. though, because we'll have to, we'll have time for, like, five episodes of something on Netflix, and that <laughs> takes, like, hours. <laughs> so Exactly, right? It's like, I have no time in my schedule for such things. Right? It's one-fourth of an episode of, yeah. you know, whatever. So Exactly. That's perspective. So perspective. <laughs> I love it. That is it all the way. Yes. I know we have to have perspective because you're right. It's not about not having enough time. It's about what are we doing with our time? Where are we placing our priorities? And that's, you know, and I'll remind, you know, I, I do this, this work with myself and I'll tap into that part of me and say, I get it. You know, we do have a lot on our plate today. Totally 100% on board with that. And this is going to help us get through that day. Yes. Right? This it's is part it. Of the acceleration. Yes. And, uh, and being able to achieve, achieve expansiveness and joy. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That yeah. process is just gold. Yeah. I think that may be a part that people repeat a couple of times yes. in this episode. Awesome. Replay that because it's <laughs> so short but so effective. So important. Yes, absolutely. And I know you had mentioned, you know, the guidebook and what that looks like yes, for people. Book. So yeah, so I'll come back to that piece. I know it's very exciting. So basically. One thing we haven't really talked about, so I'll dive into this a little bit in the guidebook. You know, I go, you know, about my journey in there. So I talk about what I've gone through, which you've already, you know, listened to at this point. But there's a lot of great information around your spiritual awakening journey and what that looks like. So there's phases of spiritual awakening. For example, we all start off right in what I call dream sleep. Now this is where we are kind of on autopilot in our everyday lives, right? We're just moving through life, kind of just like, you know, in a haze, in a dreamlike state, you know, life's happening to us. 
if that makes sense. We're not doing you know anything to exert any kind of sense of influence in our in our everyday lives. So that's what dream sleep looks like, and that's the unconscious state of humanity right? Where we're in the state of what happened today, right? Like your head hits the pillow at night and you look back on the day and you're wondering what happened? Where am I in this? And so then there's, you know, a, another phase. So I'll just kind of, you know, go through these phases briefly, but of course it's more in depth in the guidebook itself. But the second phase is getting in touch with this understanding that we go through a dark night of the soul, typically as human beings, right? Or dark nights of the soul. So many different difficult situations. This could be trauma related, you know, grief and loss could be times where we are transitioning in our lives in some way or another. And we're in this kind of existential crisis of what does this mean for me? And who am I in this? And these phases aren't necessarily linear. In fact, you know, you don't go from dream sleep to dark night of the soul. However, that's can be common for some people. And then phase three, we're moving into this kind of lucid dreaming state is what I call it. And for those of you who don't know what lucid dreaming is, it's essentially you're just when you're in bed at night, go to sleep, you are able to know you're dreaming while you're dreaming. It's just awareness that you're dreaming, right? When you're sleeping, which is really cool. Oh, I had a dream. I, I think I had a dream. Like it's not yeah, there's not a connection to it. Exactly. And that's and that's exactly, you know, the kind of like the sleepy, you know, phase one, right, of our consciousness. And when we move up mm -hmm. to phase three, now we're in this lucid dreaming, which means we are exerting power in our lives. We are making change happen. We are more you know, connected to our higher self. We're more attuned with love and peace and joy. Now we're still in seeker mode though right? Because in a lucid dreaming state, we're still trying to figure out who are we in this, right? Who am I? What's my life purpose? What am I doing here? Right? What is, what is all this really about? So we're really trying to get a clear sense of ourselves in this, in this phase, but this is when we're more likely to reach out for help, right? We're more likely to get out there and, and find somebody who can work with us. And then we move into phase four, which is, you know, now things are waking up, you're waking up, so to speak. Now you're, you know, you're, it's like the, like when you wake up in the morning, you open the curtains and the sun shines in, it's that kind of feeling, right? And so what that can feel like for people is this knowing that number one, I'm not alone. We're all connected as human beings in this way. And we start to have a really clear sense of what this is all about, right? Which is love. And like a clear sense within us. Now, this doesn't mean that you're not, you know, pulled by different subpersonalities or that you're, you know, in this perfect awakened state, but it's more of you're having these moments of peace and calm for no reason at all, right? You're having these moments of joy for no reason at all, right? And then we move into awakened living, which is phase five. And this is where we're looking at the world and we're saying, you know what? I am fully aligned. I'm fully aligned with who I am. And this is that level, you know, that level of spiritual awakening. You know, we're at that point where we can say we're in tune, right? We are, you know, in, we're in an understanding of how are we guiding our lives? How are we moving through our lives? And from here, we're moving through it with a sense of love and peace. So, you know, in that example, you know, I was giving earlier about these different parts of us and how they show up in this way. And sometimes, you know, they'll, like an inner critic will show up or the part of you that says, Hey, I need to, you know, I need to you know, do work instead of meditate, whatever that is. Right. So there's lots mm -hmm. of different ways these parts show up, but in phase five, you're leading with love always. 
right? So that's what that looks like. As you mentioned earlier, right? I want to be there. I want to have that feeling. And we're all heading there. Yeah. We're going to go through different phases as we go along here. And then phase six is more of an integration. So this is where, you know, we don't have as many parts showing up in the way that they do now, which, you know, is typically, you know, like this kind of drawn in feeling that you tend to get, right? When a part of you shows up and you feel so like, addicted to that, right? For example, a part says, oh yeah, you have to, you have to send this text right now. You have to send this email right now, right? Or you, you have to do this right now. That's not there Mm -hmm. in phase six, right? You don't have these kind of intense, like emotions coming up in this way. Everything's more integrated. doesn't mean you're not feeling things, but it's not in the same way because you've asserted yourself as this kind of leader in your system so to speak. So that's in the guidebook, right? And, and some more information about what that looks like and how to navigate that. And then there's a journal to go into everything you need for tracking and building self-awareness around your patterning. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of goodies in there. Yeah. Wow. And so people can see that. Yes. They can see that. Skin. Absolutely. They can see that. Wow. That's way too much goodness in one moment. (laughs) So I have this link to this guidebook that you are going to get. So all you have to do is look at my show notes. They're there every week for every episode. So you know where to find them and go to the link because this is a true gift. I can't even tell you enough, Amy. I mean, this is like gold. Oh, this, yeah. this this could be the start mm-hmm. yeah. for some yeah. on this journey to so much more. It's oh like a door. Gosh. You basically provided perhaps a door yeah. that either wasn't there or was there but hasn't been open for a, a while. Yes. So people may have walked into the door and then decided they were going to close it and go in a different way. <laughs> and now we're just reminding ourselves either that this is available yes. or that it's there to frequent so we can mm-hmm. become integrated. Oh, yes. Can you that's imagine it. what a world would look like with this full integration everywhere? Oh, my I can't gosh. Even- I can't even I know. like process that right oh, now. I'm but with I you. Do. I'm with you. Yes. Right? Yes. So that is a gift. This is if you've gotten this far in the episode, you are the lucky one because you <laughs> don't want to miss that. So you can go to that link. But Amy, I want to just yeah. ask you a couple questions to get go to know it. you because that's yeah. always important to me. And yes. the first question is what are three words that best describe you? Oh. I love that. So three words that best describe me. The first thing that comes to mind is compassionate. The second thing that comes to mind is adventurous, always seeking adventure in new ways. And the third thing that comes to mind is present moment focused, I'll say. So it's just what I what I really aspire to every day. It's like every time I notice if my mind's elsewhere, I'm like pulling it back, you know, as often as possible. Yeah. Yes. Oh, those are so good and accurate. I love that. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. Next question. What is something that you are working on improving? Oh, I love that too. What I'm working on improving is actually what I've been talking about really, you know, is just deepening that integration 
I'll say in my own process, you know, I've, I, you know, I have a coaching program and so I provide tools and resources, you know, for my students to go through this, you know, this, um, very in-depth tracking. And with that, I've been doing it myself and then giving it to them. Right. And I'm trying it myself. Student, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how you learn to be more powerful with what you teach. Exactly. And so I'm doing it and I'm trying it out and I'm saying what's working, what's not working, right? What are some obstacles? What are some, and of course, getting their feedback too. But as I'm doing this, you know, things that come up for me become the new information for my program, right? Because I'm like, oh, this is something that popped up, right? This part of me, right, is in need of something. So for example, a huge piece of the work I do is healing the inner child. And that's something that I'm doing on an ongoing basis, you know, every single day of my life. And I would say that's what I'm really, you know, working towards because this inner child, right? For example, one day she's 100% healed and she's happy and, and, you know, good to go. And there can be times, right, where a situation can come up and all of a sudden, right, boom, you're triggered. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, you know, of what came up for me. And I was just, I was going to a coffee shop, you know, come to think of it, I was going to a coffee shop. I was in a great mood. I was like, oh, yes, I'm feeling really good. You know, I go to this coffee shop and as soon as I get there, I'm 15 minutes before they close and the owner walks out. You can tell he's had a really bad day. You know, he's carrying the trash out and he's in a bad mood and he says, I'm closing early. He's very abrupt, very angry. And he, you know, he says, I'm short staffed Bye," and walks out. Right. And I'm just like, whoa, like a little taken back and a little shocked. You know, what just happened? You know, I had to kind of sort through that and checked in with my inner child right after that experience. And my inner child was saying things like, well, he was so mean. Why was he so mean? Because, you know, it, it, it talks in that small voice, right? Of people are mean or why would somebody do that? Or, you know, I'm hurt by this, right? And it's these little hurts though. They add up over time, right? And they become big hurts. And so what I'll do is I'll sit with that little girl, and I'll place my hand on my heart. I'll do that pathway back to love process. And number one is always to align with her, right? That little girl within me and to say, I'm here for you. You're not alone in this. And it's okay to feel hurt right now. And I can't even begin to tell you how quick things changed for me in that moment. Within just a few minutes, I was right back to the way I was. I could have dwelled on it all day. How dare he say that, right? Or whatever it is, right? How dare he act that way? And and that kind of thing. And those different parts, you know, those angry parts can show up. But in that moment, I decided, how do I want to lead with love right now? And do I want to connect with my inner child in this way so that we can lead with love? Right? So we don't have to feel so hurt in this process. So yes, that's what I'm working yes. on. Yeah. Such a good example. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. My next question is, yes. what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Oh, self-limiting belief. You know what? The biggest one, I did mention it earlier, but it's the one that just haunted me for so long. I can't handle this was my self-limiting belief. It was, it was literally like killing me in the worst of ways. Like I can't handle this. I would hear, I can't take anymore. You know, some variation of that on some level. I can't take anymore. I, it's too much. I can't handle it. Right. Were some of the ones that I would say to myself and, or, or the rather the thoughts that would pop into my mind and I would believe them to be honest. Right. That's kind of how it happened. And I just don't believe that anymore. I just don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. As soon as, you know, I hear those thoughts or I hear people, you know, say that and I'll say, I know what that's like. 
because I believe that. But on some level now that I've been through the hardships, I would remind that part of me that said, oh, I can't do anymore. I'd remind that part, we're really resilient. We've made it really, really far in our emotional and spiritual growth. And it's okay, you know, that mm -hmm. things aren't perfect and it's okay to fall down and, and to move through these phases, right, of, of spiritual awakening because we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to just end up in one place and all of a sudden bliss is like our only experience, right? We're human. We can go from, yeah. I can't handle this to, yeah. I can handle this. I can handle this. That's you it. Can't do that. You know, exactly. that's, that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's really good. It. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. What is one thing mm -hmm. that you want to see changed in the world? Oh, you, yeah, I love this question. Thank you for bringing this up. You know, you actually, you pinpointed it earlier. I want to see change in the world that we are living as love, the love that we are and leading as love, right? As you had mentioned earlier, right? It's like this, can you imagine what the world would look like? Can you imagine what it would look like, right? If we were integrated not fragmented, right? Yes. Feeling whole within ourselves. And it doesn't mean we don't have subpersonalities, by the way, right? When we're moving into integration, it just means that we are understanding that we are not those and that we are leading yes. in love in our everyday lives. And that's what it means to me. And if we see more of that, oh my gosh, I don't even know what the world's going to look like, but I know it's going to be like heaven on earth, I think on the, on the deepest level. So yeah. I'm really, yeah. I stack my hand on that. I really do. I just want everyone to go ahead and put your hand in, do it virtually. You could put it in our hand circle. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> oh, that's exactly it. And you know, that would change everything. That would change everything. Right. I yeah, I do. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. What is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Oh gosh, what is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given? You know, I would say quite simply, let go. Just don't hold on. Let go. That's it. And you know what? I want to say where I originally got that from, I don't know 100% because I've followed so many spiritual teachers. I know Michael Singer has been, you know, a mentor around, you know, the surrender way of doing things. He's a, an author, author on the surrender experiment. And um, what was this other one? the really popular one. Oh, the untethered soul. There we go. Untethered soul is another book of his, but his whole message is about letting go and surrendering. And I'd say the best advice I've ever gotten. So simple, you know, but just let it go. Right. Just surrender to it. Yeah. Yes, Amy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm totally going to take that in. I'm taking that in because I just think it's such a report, important reminder. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay, now this is the most important question of the whole interview. Awesome. Ready for it. Let's do it. Which is where can people find you? Because now at this point, <laughs> they're like, she's talking about this. She has a coaching program. She's, yeah. you know, there could be things that people yeah. either just want to yeah. see that you're doing or potentially yeah. tap in even further into what you're doing. So they need to know where to find you for that. <laughs> yes, really good point. Yes. So I do. So my website is one. So it's one-awakening.com. So you can find me there. And online, I'm also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I have a, uh, it's called Awakening Spiritually Together. 
is the Facebook group that I run. And I actually have live trainings on there, meditations I do. So it's a beautiful community where if you want to join and just, you know, start to move towards, you know, this level of integration in your own life, that would be an excellent place to, to meet and to join others who are on the same path. So you're not alone. I'm also on YouTube as well. So I would say those are the main places where I'm spending most time. Oh, and Insight Timer, actually. That's a, a meditation app for those who are brand new to meditation. I actually highly suggest it. It's a free meditation um, download on the App Store. And from there, yeah, you can you know, check me out. I'll be there live. And I also have meditations on there as well. So there's a lot of places. Yeah, great question. That is way too cool. Yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I I can't yeah. tell you how much I learned today. I feel like <laughs> I just went to a class, and it was as much for me as every person listening. So yes. I'm just I'm really grateful. And I yeah. that that guidebook is is really a gift, Amy. Yeah. I I couldn't tell you enough. Yeah. This this is such an important time. All, always, this is this is important for us to to think about and to yeah. work on. I do oh. think it's it's an ongoing Everything. thing. It's not just this you know one day event. Yes. Um, yes. And especially as we think about we're going into a new year soon, I would just offer for people to take the time for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's it. Take the time for you. If any message, right? That's it. Take it. Cause if you take the time for you, then you can build self-awareness. You can track, right? you can get in touch with your highest self. And honestly, that's where it begins without that. Yeah. Without time and space for ourselves, we never get that opportunity. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been incredible. I just want to yeah. thank you so much for giving so much of your time today to this conversation. Oh, it was so it much fun. A great deal. So thank yes. you for your time. And I'm excited to see everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. I really appreciate it. This is just, you know, an amazing experience to not only connect with everybody here, but just to deepen the understanding that we are all spiritually awakening and it is the right time. Right, for each and every yes. one of us to move through, you know, move forward on this journey and that you're not alone, I think is the big takeaway message too. And all this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you are not alone. Remember that. Yes. Well, I certainly will be keeping in touch with you and probably as I go through the journal may even just email you yeah. and just share some of my experience with you. Please do. Yes. yes. I would love to see that. Yes. I'm all ears. So please do send me what you're discovering, what's coming up for you. And yeah, we can see what happens next on this journey. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. You're so welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate this. It was Awesome to have Amy Dean on the show and the gifts, the gifts that my guests are giving are awesome. Millen Levis giving the financial guide that we talked about before. Amy Dean coming on and giving this amazing guidebook. I am in a state of complete gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude right now. So let me tell you about this guidebook. As I said, the link is in the show notes. Go to, if you're if you're like, what's the link already? Just what is it? www.oneawakening.us forward slash born dash unbreakable. 
Okay. <laughs> if you're wanting to know what it is and you feel like typing that all out, you don't have to go to the show notes, see the guidebook. You will see all the six phases that Amy talked about and the journaling prompts to begin to understand and become more self-aware. I'm telling you, if there's nothing else that you get from this episode, it is the importance of self-awareness and that is that it is an ongoing process. We have to continue to stay in a state of being aware of who we are, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, so we can give the best of ourselves. When we can create that synergy of love and acceptance and compassion for ourselves, what we emanate is different. The vibration and the energy that you give to the world changes when you treat yourself with love and compassion. I promise you that. I am on this journey with you. I was just telling Amy after the interview, one of the greatest gifts with this podcast is that I am on the learning learning journey with you. This is called Born Unbreakable because I continuously need to remind myself, like you need to continuously remind yourself that you are born unbreakable. But we don't always remember that. There are moments and experiences and triggers, like Amy talked about today, that come up. And we need to be in a constant state of awakening and learning so we can be reminded about how unbreakable we are. I really hope that you learned a lot. I really am asking you for you to take the action of using this journal so that you can grow and learn and be connected and more integrated. Imagine if we all got to the state of step six of integration. That would be magnificent. It really would. If you haven't subscribed to my show already, please click that subscribe button or that follow button. It means the world to me. Share this episode with somebody who can use that awakening and that growth. It is the season. We are approaching a new year and now is the time for us to take control of our lives, our joy, our happiness, and our expansiveness. So do me that favor. Remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. Tune in again next time for another inspiring episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.